maybe one of the most important things to do in pursuing vibrant health. And the great news is it's never too late. Even if those kids are now 15, 16, 17, they're still your kids, still an opportunity. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I want to welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is, you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week, we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? There aren't many things we need in life to survive. Yet there is one essential element that can imprint your DNA. It's as important as breathing and it's food. It's our lifeline. And the truth is it can completely change your destiny and those around you that you influence. The fork in the road is what you choose to put in your mouth and what you choose to put on their plates. So knowing how to cook nutrition forward foods may just be one of the most important survival skills we can nurture in our children. I mean, our grab and go society might advocate convenience and ease, you know, have it your way and just get in line. You don't even need to get out of your car, just get in line. But at what price? When we sacrifice this attachment to intentional eating, we can not only lose our health, but we can lose our identity, our culture, our traditions, and a chance to really bond with each other. I'm a huge fan of Julia Child. When I was growing up, she really became my mentor from afar. I'd watch her on TV and she'd gesture and explain and her passion just oozed like cream out of a cannoli. You know, there are foodies, I call myself the fit foodie, but then there are people who sweat butter and breathe olive oil. And that was Julia Child. She defined passion for ingredients, the art of cooking, the people around her, her husband, they had such a passionate love for each other. And she was really passionate about bringing people to the table. The quotes you can find about Julia Child quipping about cuisine could fill a book on their own. But the one that always gets me in the gut really has nothing to do with food. She said, remember, no one's more important than people. In other words, friendship is the most important thing, not career or housework or one's fatigue, and it needs to be nurtured. So if we know how important food is and eating in a way that feeds your body to the core, and we know how important relationships are, this is the perfect opportunity to marry the two. I call it higher vegetation, and I'll explain why. In my over 25 years in the food industry, I've spent a lot of time eating, dissecting, <laughs> studying, pulling apart food. And I've coached a lot of people too. And on their journey, 
I've heard a lot of excuses. I don't have time to cook or eat for that matter. Eating healthy is expensive. Oh, my, my family, they won't eat vegetables. Oh, you don't know my kids. My kids are such fussy eaters. Oh, I don't love vegetables. And I don't know how to make them taste good. They all taste like dirt to me. <laughs> and every time I hear this, I'm like, all vegetables? Like every single one of them? You can't stomach not one? Here's the truth. Sometimes you have to give things a chance. And when you know the calorie for calorie, veggies are the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet, meaning that you will get more phytonutrient, aka cancer-preventing, anti-aging, bone-building, skin-loving, and blood-boosting benefit from veggies. I mean, more support than you could drum up from any other food group. You got to give it a chance. That's why growing up, everyone in the world told us to eat our veggies. There's a great ranking system that was developed by Dr. Joel Furman. And he studied and created the system of ranking the most nutrient-dense foods based on a calorie to nutrition ratio. And it's no surprise that the top 10 foods that are the most nutrient-dense are green. Green, because they are plants. We all know they're good for us, so why don't we just try and suck them down like a milkshake? And pardon me, but pizza is not a vegetable. I know some school systems would like to think it is, but it's not. You know, I, I feel like sometimes the problem very well could be that we get in our own way. We get in our own heads. We have these perceptions, and so they become truths. You know, we have spinach one time that was not prepared well, it was out of a can, or it was so soggy it tasted like wet cardboard unseasoned. And then our truth becomes like spinach is terrible, you know? But if we give them a chance, if we try them in different ways, we get out of our own way. You know, the perceptions that they're cumbersome and expensive and hard to make taste good and all of the other inconveniences that we conjure up from our years of experience make us sound like we're two-year-olds. I'm just going to get real here, you know? I mean, it's about that time that we get rational about this. The tantrums and the foot stomps, yeah, they're not easy to deal with, trust me. I've got an eater that will consume anything you put in front of her, and I've got an eater who picks everything apart. So it's been my challenge as a mom, especially with what I do. But I just keep trying. And you know what? After all these years of trying, I have at least 10 produce items I know the picky one will eat every single time. And that's a pretty good stable. Back in the day, you know, when we'd have our tantrums and foot stomps, our parents would either listen to us and let us rule the roost or they keep trying. And the ones that kept trying are the ones that created great eaters. 
that pivotal time, that time when you start sprouting teeth and you're no longer eating baby food from two to five years old is the most pivotal time to shape taste buds. So going back to what I was saying about the ranking system that Dr. Joel Furman created, I mentioned that the top 10 foods are green. So you want to hear what the top 10 list is? I think this is pretty cool. The top 10 list of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet, calorie to nutrition, number one, kale. Kale. No wonder it came into vogue the way it did, showed up on three Michelin star rest, you know, restaurant menus. I mean, it's not just functional, it's delicious when it's prepared, right? Number two is collard greens. Yeah, those lovely collards. Not just for the South anymore, y'all. They just take a little more coaxing because they're a little more bitter. Spinach is number three. I mean, everybody can eat spinach. It's one of the most mild greens around. You can throw it into a smoothie, saute it with a little spinach, uh, with a little garlic, that spinach, and lemon. Oh, so good. Number four is bok choy. That's a really easy one to palatize. And it doesn't have to be in an Asian stir fry. It can be enjoyed so many different ways. Number five is romaine. Now, romaine has been vilified quite a bit because of all of the outbreaks. So I'm just saying, with romaine and really with all your greens, especially because greens are the number one cause of foodborne illness, meaning they are the number one cause of getting bacteria that's pathogenic, that can make you sick, that can put you in the hospital, and that can even kill you. So it's no joke. You got to take it seriously, cleaning that ish and do it with eat cleaner. I'm just going to say. Number six, Boston lettuce. Number seven, broccoli. Number eight, artichoke. Number nine, cabbage. And number 10, green pepper. Greens, 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 full of phytonutrients, full of benefit. So I think one of the best gifts that you can give yourself and your family is getting educated. And it starts with you, starts with me, it starts with all of us adults. <laughs> we got to start adulting when it comes to vegetables. And teaching your kids how to love them, especially the green ones, is nurtured by helping them flex that muscle. I'm going to call it one of the strongest, if not the strongest. I know your heart is, but you know, it's one of the strongest muscles in your body and it's your tongue, your taste buds. And I dedicated a whole chapter to that. It's actually the first chapter in the book is your taste bud reset. That's in my new book called Eat Like You Give a Fork. And I've got the link to it in my show notes. But resetting your taste buds, maybe one of the most important things to do in pursuing vibrant health. And the great news is it's never too late. Even if those kids are now 15, 16, 17, they're still your kids, still an opportunity. It will help their health, no doubt. And their palates 
will ultimately aid them in becoming well-rounded citizens of the world. I know, you're thinking maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it really, in a way, isn't. Because there are so many opportunities to travel and to try different cuisines. And imagine if they haven't honed their taste buds and they're always like, ew, what's that? Ew, I don't, I can't try that. Ew, it's green. Ew, ew, ew. It's kind of immature in a way. I mean, if, if we can travel and we can experience different cuisines and different cultures and be accepting and open, man, it can enhance their lives in a way that goes way beyond food. I think, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really a sign of being able to give your kids a fresh start and also help them reach their full potential. And there is a direct correlation between a good diet and genius. Here are some of the most famous veggie lovers that ever lived. Number one is Benjamin Franklin. Number two, Gandhi. Number three, Coretta Scott King. Number four, Mr. Thomas Edison. What would we have done without him? Number five, Albert Einstein. Six, Jane Goodall. Seven, Steve Jobs. I mean, Steve Jobs was a well-known veggie and fruit lover. George Bernard Shaw, Leo Tolstoy, Leonardo da Vinci, da Vinci, we wouldn't have had the Sistine Chapel. Kafka, Paul McCartney, Cesar Chavez, Rosa Parks, and Mr. Rogers, my hero all famous veggie lovers. So you can see the correlation of nutrition and genius, my friends. In order to raise really good eaters, we have to start with our own baggage and come to terms with any preconceived notions that we might have. No vegetable should ever make people cry. <laughs> and no influential people, including a former president who was very popularized for his Comments about broccoli um, should influence us. I mean, veggie haters need to kindly pound sand and stay out of your way because your mission is to get the good stuff into their mouths and help them thrive. And it starts with you. If you're saying to yourself right now, good luck, you don't know my kids. Oh, hell yes, I do, my friend. My son was a phenomenal eater as a baby. I mean, he would eat it all. But there was a pivot point when he could express himself. And like most children, they'll spit it across the room. They'll throw it across the room. They'll paint the walls with it, the carpet. And that was my son. Anything green was like a projectile explosion. And we were both left ugly sobbing. And all these years, I could have taken that rejection. And just appeased him, you know? Just let him have whatever he wants. Donuts, sure. Here. Cereal, sure. Why not? Candy, sure, babe. But I kept trying. And now he will gladly eat broccoli, romaine, Brussels sprouts, asparagus, and the list goes on. And those are all like his favorites. Spinach salad, 
you'll eat it. But it takes work. It takes dedication. But it's never too late. Those taste buds just need to be conditioned and they need to be tested and they need to be strengthened just like if you were to go to the gym and start working out. I mean, studies show that it can take up to 20 times of trying a food before a child has really developed a taste for it, adults for that matter. And sometimes it requires some creativity and patience. If they don't like it steamed, saute it. If they don't like it sauteed, bake it. They don't like it, bake it. If they don't like it baked, shoot, serve it raw with a little dip, little hummus, a little ranch, even cheese sauce, for God's sake, you know, just let them try it. Rome was not built in a day, and your child left to their own devices will likely not have the brain capacity to pick what's best for them. Dr. Daniel Amen, who I worked with on the Daniel Plan, says you have to be their frontal lobe. You have to be their brain. You're in control. You're the ultimate decision maker. So where do you start? Where do you start? You start with serving. You start with trying. You start with getting them involved in the process. You know, if they're engaged in the process, if they're part of the actual cooking process, preparation process, picking process, if you have a garden, even at the grocery store, if they're part of that, they are so much more likely to eat and try. The statistics are they're 80% more likely to try if they're involved in it. And I've seen it time and time again. I've done cooking demos where, you know, a three-year-old would come to the stage and be involved in making a smoothie that had spinach in it and they'd gulp it down. And I'd literally see tears of joy rolling down their parents' cheeks. How did you get them to do that? I got them to press the on button of the blender. So start with your grocery list. Pick up a few, maybe try one a week. You know, the featured vegetable of the week is kale. Yeah, kale, make a big deal about it, have fun with it. Try kale three ways. You know, some of the best chefs in the world They'll do a taster of a, a certain ingredient that they're, you know, they're previewing or, or profiling or highlighting, and they'll do it several ways, you know, kale, three ways, Brussels sprouts, three ways, broccoli, three ways, and have everybody in your family weigh in on their best, their favorite. It just takes time. It takes trial and error and it takes dedication. But higher vegetation is ultimately a choice. And it's a ticket. It's a ticket to better health. It's a ticket to vibrancy. It's a ticket to becoming a happier person. It's a ticket to even becoming a global citizen. And it starts with us. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch. So it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot, and share it on your social media with a hashtag, 
R-F-Y-B-L for Recipes for Your Best Life. I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.